Back to you, podcasting from the Museum of Broadcast Communications in Chicago. Check out their new exhibit, Stay Tuned, Rock on TV, now through April 2020. Artifacts included in Stay Tuned, Rock on TV include... Stage designs from the Beatles' appearance on The Ed Sullivan Show. What about outfits worn by the Jackson 5 during the first live performance of I Want You Back at the Hollywood Palace and clothing worn by Sonny and Cher? And more, also the return of the Chicago TV Gallery with Bozo, Garfield Goose, Sven Gulli, and more. Just visit museum.tv. Back to You is up next, but first, take a listen to this other fine Opi show. Coming up on the next episode of the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive, how to road trip in classic style, plus a Ferrari SUV? Yup. I'm Mark Vernon. Join me and Luke Costable for these stories and more on the Car Guys Report, a Tony Lasano podcast, an OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Sam, you'd probably like us to start, right? Uh, you guys are ready whenever, so. No, I didn't say that. Yes, please <laughs> okay. start. Okay. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast and OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is back to you with Howard Sudbury and. That other guy, <laughs> Steve Baskerville. That's how somebody referred to me, you, the other day. They said, um, I like that other guy, too. Yeah, the other guy. Yeah. yeah. And that yeah. stuck with you, didn't it? Yeah, it's either that guy or the other guy. No, yes. yeah, yeah, it did, because uh, I'm much more than the other guy, and I'm, I can't wait till we change the billing. Yeah, well, well, it could be changed any week. We've, we've gone over this show after show after show. The only reason I read this thing yes. is because you don't choose to. <laughs> well, so you want to make said, everybody aware, transparent with what happens in the air. And you're right, because uh, you're so good at uh, energizing it quickly <laughs> that I like the way you get started. And you know what I, I imagine your whole weekend was like? Uh, please I, tell me. I think that you were... Uh, walking around the kitchen saying, to be or not to be? <laughs> that is the question. <laughs> and your wife was probably saying, no, the question is when you're going to stop. Yes, um, I have been walking around the kitchen saying, to be or not to be for about 30 years. Because <laughs> you think you're yeah. an acting man, don't you? At uh, heart, at heart. Yes, that's what I always wanted to do. And now I have an opportunity. Well, here's the thing or, about or, it. Or I taking a shot at it. Well, look, you are a performer with, what, 35, 40-plus years yes. experience performing yes. in ways that yes. uh, have tapped into your talent, and you want to broaden that talent or, or showcase it in other ways. Or try to. I mean, there's no time like the present. you got to go for it. Well, I feel that way, too. That's why we're sitting yeah. here today. I mean, that's why I like coming in and talking like this. Have you ever in your life uh, been on stage? Uh, oh, yes. You have. I mean, other than a TV show. You mean show. like in a production? Yeah. Uh, no, but I, I did shoot a scene, a couple of scenes for, for feature films. Wow. I mean, hey, that's, that, that's pretty Bobby, good. I How work many people with, can say that? I work with Bobby a couple of times. <laughs> Bobby who? De Niro. Really? <laughs> and then no. you and then you woke up and you said, "What a great dream I had!" <laughs> and then I woke up and I said, "To be or not to be?" No, but I mean, as a kid, were you ever in a stage play or anything like that? No, I never did any of that. You know, I but was, I knew I wanted to go into broadcasting because sure. I thought that the acting route was going to be a little bit more difficult than yeah. broadcasting. Yeah, 
Now Samuel, which was, which was already a big risk to get into that. He's over here now turning dials. Am I too close to the mic? No, no, you're good. No, I like I'm it when good? Samuel does that because I know that he's got this thing down and he's making sure that it stays perfect. Yes. Uh, now, he you know, does a great job. Oh, yes, he does. When I was in high school in 12th grade, my English teacher came in to our, uh, our class, another class that we had, and drafted guys and said, you, you, and you. And we know what was going on. She was selecting us to be in the production of Guys and Dolls. Oh. And I, was, I still remember the line that I had. I had one line. It was, roll them, snake eyes, roll them. I was one of Nathan Detroit's guys. How'd you do? It was fan- If I had known that it was a chick magnet, first of all, <laughs> I always thought you had to be in sports to get the girls. Man, my life changed from... From one roll them, snake eyes roll them, where uh, I had no idea that you could could be so uh, admired for being on stage like that. That might have been where I got the bug to keep performing in a sense yeah. because I enjoyed it and I enjoyed the reaction of folks. And I never pursued it in any great way. But uh, I got drafted out of a high school class one time myself. True story, uh, sophomore year of high school, geometry class. I was on the basketball team, and the the teacher, the geometry teacher, was the cross-country coach. So he was short runners that day, and he said, do any of the basketball, he figured we were in shape. Any of you guys want to come tomorrow to the to the meet so obviously we all raised our hands because we get out of school for the day and he found out we weren't in shape i mean when you run a cross country (laughs) meet that is a that is a grueling run and i've never been a great runner are you a runner no i mean running from something (laughs) uh i mean i try this podcast i try to keep active uh no i do i I sort of but i don't really uh run like run around the block or run through the park or things jog like that no, I, I'm like a treadmill if I'm distracted and watching TV. Some, sure. Some that's, other part of uh, entertaining. That's the way that I've always tried to stay in shape and work out. I've played a lot of pickup basketball because when you're trying to win the game and you're playing back and forth and you're involved in the game, you're being distracted from the fact that you're tired and that you're working out. So just running, my, my head gets involved. Like after a block, I'm you know, I tell myself, why am I doing this? Or ask myself, and I'm too tired. Well, I could look at you and say, that was a long time ago, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I could look at you, and you know what I could say? What? I could say, you look good today. <laughs> for for your age. age. Yeah, for yeah, my age. For your uh, age. Look, we should let folks know what we're talking about, uh, at least on one of these shows. <laughs> yes. Because well, I never know what you're talking about. But I'm looking at you. Yes. And you've got this, uh, you know, I haven't seen you in like a week or so. Yes. Maybe longer. A week. And you've got this sort of scruffy look. Uh-huh. And, uh, How do you like uh, it? Uh, it looks, uh, scruffy is in now. <laughs> <laughs> so you're up to something. What, what are you up to? I don't want to say yet. <laughs> I'm going to say later. Well, maybe our guest will say that. We have a great guest today, very interesting guest. And I, I find that line in itself interesting because would a host of a podcast or a radio show or a talk show host on television say, we have a guest today, eh, probably not that interesting. Of course it's a great guest or we wouldn't have booked exactly. them. But this, this, one, this one really is. 
And we're going to bring her in right now. Her name is Deborah Pappas. And uh, we'll say uh, hello to you. First of all, hello. I'm hello. Glad, glad you joined us. Thanks for having me. And I, I think it would be best maybe if, if well, I'll take a shot at, at part of what you do, and then you can correct me. But, I mean, you, you have clients that you try to place on radio, television, films, uh, in Chicago or maybe elsewhere, and prepare them for auditions. And so you're a, you're a casting agent, so to speak, or something like. Your title may be different, but why don't you tell tell me a little better about what you do? I'm a talent agent. Okay. And we do work with casting directors who give us breakdowns on different roles, and we work on all of the above of what you said, including theater. So we do oh. work with Broadway. And we have people who have been on tour, um, equity productions nationwide, huh. some international. Now, how did you start? How do you get into that? I mean, any business that somebody's in, I'm always fascinated about how, how, what the beginning was. It, it evolved. I was a shoe coordinator for my husband, George Papadakis, for years. And he's a commercial and advertising photographer. I was responsible for booking models and actors for ads that he was hired to shoot. So I was on that end of things. However, my children also grew up in the industry. So I had the luxury of being on the professional end, but also as a parent and learning from that perspective what it's like when your kids are doing print and commercials and film and different things. So um, for years, I was just too busy and resisted an agency. And um, about 12 years ago, uh, that the agency became. And it's, it's snowballed since. And we have a ton of fun. And with the way Chicago's film industry and TV is, it's, it's really been explosive in this Midwest area. Sure. Now, that's the reason why I came in and noticed Howard's look today. He's up to something. You are taking photos, is that right? Yes. Yes. So you need to show a variety of looks show you, so you can, you know, show whoever, whomever Deb would be showing uh, this to, like yeah. a comp sheet, right? Yep. yep. The pictures that you could play a variety of things. So I will um, go to the photo shoot looking scruffy, yeah. and then I will shave, uh -huh. and I'll look more like a businessman. I just give them a variety of looks. So you're gonna have a, like, a, a half dozen or so different ways that he can appear. Yeah, it's very beneficial if somebody can transform and have different demographics they can be marketed in, different age range, um, just, a, blue collar, white collar, just a whole e character. We have some people who are are comedic and they can pull off different character looks. Um, so there's so many roles within even one episode of a TV show that can encompass uh, the role of a doctor, but a role of a homeless person, a role of a uh, firefighter, policeman, so the range of father um, could be quite vast and beneficial if somebody could be submitted, that same person, in a, 
multiple roles within that project, it's a higher likelihood that they'll get a call time. Now, you've met Howard before, and yeah. you saw something and yeah. that, that told you this man's got potential. Yes. And so that's the reason why he is prepping like he is. Yes. When you look at him, when you get a sense of him, do you get a feeling of what he could do? He's, Just he's quintessential um, commercial print. However, with his entertainment background, um, TV and film, anything on camera will be very easy. Really? He, yeah. How about yeah. that? Wow. You're shocked, yeah. aren't you? <laughs> well, no. I know you had it in you, but I could see how serious you are about uh, taking the next step to, to go farther. Yeah, and uh, that brings me to my next question. Um, if I'm not delusional, I think delusion <laughs> leads to success. <laughs> You have to have a little bit of that in you, which which makes me wonder, when people find out what you do, do they say, hey, I don't, I've always wanted to be an actor. Can you help me? And if you know, like, there's not a shot, and you've known this person, that they can pull it off, you don't want to waste their time or yours or Abs your reputation. Is that how you handle it? Absolutely. It's Yes, it's not for everybody. Um, surprisingly, though, I do find that people interested in exploring or entering the entertainment world are pretty realistic about their abilities. Um, some can work in print, some can work in commercials, TV, film, theater. Occasionally, there's a person unrealistic about the industry. However, I find if that happens, it's it's primarily not the individual themselves. It's typically a parent. Just like if a parent's pushing their child into maybe a sport that they always wanted to do, but the child really is not good mm. or doesn't have an You're interest. Right. right. That's what I come across more often. Is that a bad thing? I mean, or, it is or a bad thing okay. because if I, it's one thing to expose a child to the industry if if that's something they want to do, but if a child doesn't like it, it's going to be very frustrating for the parent to go on an audition, have the child resist, um, it's not going to be a good experience for anybody. Yeah. And do you find discoveries like that of kids as well as adults where you'll say, man, there's something in the little Jimmy that would work in, in this world of entertainment. Let's, let's go a little bit farther. It depends on, on the child or the person, but um, we try to be encouraging but we also need to be realistic. And we do have a reputation, so we want to represent people that are book are marketable, who can book. Well, let's say somebody sees a picture of Howard mm -hmm. and says, I like that scruffy-looking man. Mm -hmm. He's kind of chunky, but we can work with that later. Uh, and he looks relatively good for his age. Uh, now, uh, and he says, let's bring this guy in here next Monday. And he's talking to you. Now, do you prep him for what the audition will be? We will. Or, or how to get ready for it? We do. We will prep him uh, to a point. There are some... Uh, obvious secret weapons we have in, in doing that. Um, and we may even, depending on what it is and how much dialogue is involved and how comfortable that particular actor feels, um, we may recommend that they do a Skype session with one of the acting coaches that we work with. We have a lot of resources. And obviously we want the actor to book, they want to book, 
So we want them to have as much ammunition to do that as possible. And the casting directors actually are very, very supportive, and they try very hard. They want the actors to book as well. Can I tell you a couple times where I've had occasions to be in that situation? Where I'm working in a newscast. This was years ago, but still here in Chicago. This is, uh, uh, I got a call from someone that I knew who was working on a film in production. And it was, quick, can you get down here? Come to this hotel. It's suite 902. Uh, can you get here in a half hour? And it was in between shows. I went, yeah, okay. And so I got the cab, got get to the hotel, and I go up, and it is like a madhouse. There are people, five or six actors over here who are preparing for uh, like a commercial or something. And then there's some other folks over here in a chroma key, and they're... Uh, prepping for whatever lines they have to read. This was for a Ron Howard film. It had Vince Vaughn and uh, Kevin James. It was called The Dilemma. It was, wasn't that like 2011, 2012? Mm -hmm. And they need, and I didn't know what it was for. They need some, they need uh, people to come in and cast for this uh, vague reporter thing. And I, you know, I'm in, I'm I'm at work and I go down there. I don't know. They put me in front of a, a camera and they tell me that I'm at the auto show and I'm reporting from the auto show and go. <laughs> and now I I'm sort of nervous because I'm out of my element. I don't know what they're looking for. I don't know. Uh, I know what it's like to report from an auto show, and I'm pretty sure I was terrible to even be in the business because you know what made me feel awful. Well, okay, that was wonderful. That was fine. Uh, Ron's got to look at these tonight. And they sent those tapes of auditions mm. to Ron Howard. And I got personally rejected by Ron Howard. Wow. And I felt like, and from that day on, Ron Howard hates me. Wow. And I've never met him. But you can get so dejected. Oh. But see, here's the thing. I knew nothing about how to deal with it. You weren't prepped at well, all. No, I'll tell you another one. Before that, long time ago, in the early 80s, same situation, I'm on TV between shows, and uh, somebody called me and said, hey, can you get down to the hotel on the 20th floor uh, in, a, in about an hour? And boom, I go down there. And, and there are two, there's a little lobby, and two other guys are nervously sitting, waiting. And the door opens next, and one of the guys gets up. and So I'm, I know that it's some kind of audition for something. And I wasn't really even aware of it. It turned out to be a film. Brian De Palma was wow. the director. John Travolta was in it. The name of it was Blowout. Yeah. This was way back. I remember back. that. Okay. So the next, and then my turn comes. I don't remember you in it, but well, I remember the There's film. a clear reason why. Next, and then I get up. And now remember, we're in a little tiny lobby, and there's a door, and we got to open the door and walk through it. And I don't know what's on the other side of the door. They open the door, and like from the Wizard of Oz, when Dorothy and the Tin Man and the Scarecrow are going to see Oz, the, the great Oz, and they had that long walk. Yes. I had that longest walk of my life. I had no idea the, the next room was that big. And I'm walking and walking and walking, and in the distance, there's a long table. And there are three or four people at the table. The, closest, the closer I get to the table, I realize one of them is Brian De Palma. Really? And I go, wow. And, of course, 
that's when I become jumpy. And it, I become yes. jumpy because I really had nothing to lose because I was going back to work. And I go, and they hand me, and there's a guy <laughs> sitting beside him. And it, the way I remember, he had like an ascot on. And he looked very much like uh, he was the uh, the one who was going to help Brian you know, decide who's going to be in this film. <laughs> and, he, and he gives me a paper, and I, I had to read something as an anchor. Again, they're going for the oh, typecast. Okay, sure. And I, I stood there and I read it like it was the first time I was reading anything. Oh, look, here comes a car. And I don't know, I got that, <laughs> uh, I was that upset about it. Of course, I didn't get it. But they were kind enough to tell me later that they wanted someone older. I didn't look mature enough huh. for that part of an anchor. But that's a, the other time where I was totally unprepared for what to expect. You got to know what you're walking into, yeah, right? Yeah, and we we avoid that at all costs. Though that type of situation really doesn't come through um, an agency in that way. We're given breakdowns typically. For instance, if it's today, uh, auditions will be tomorrow or the next day. There will be, if it's TV, potentially a director session a day or two after that. And they're pretty quick to um, make decisions, and filming usually will start within about a week from the first audition. So how do you prepare people for that first audition? Well, um, we, first, we recommend whatever casting director that they're going to be in front of, that they do their homework, look at their casting site, see who the casting directors are that they may be in front of, and um, to see if there's a connection with any of them uh, based on their bio. Not that you're going to have a lot of time to chit-chat, but at least you know um, you have a visual of who's in the room, and it it's um, somewhat of a connection to make you not as nervous. Um, throwing somebody into a situation where they have just a couple of hours and they don't have their sides to prep. And like I like it's thrown in the deep end of the pool. Right. They were looking for probably just a real broadcaster and just felt they were going to pull somebody in. And it could be because um, you're notable and sometimes that they do want somebody who's recognizable within a certain demographic market and sometimes it's an actor who's going to play that role mm -hmm. um but regardless i can imagine it's it's pretty unsettling for anybody <laughs> yes. yes even a very experienced person to just go in not knowing really what you're getting into i at least had a day or two yeah well i mean that's that's pretty heady stuff though when you are going to audition you know and you haven't done it before and the directors are ron howard right. who has directed some of the finest films yes. some of my favorite films and brian de palma that's yes. that's pretty big time stuff so yeah. i've already you know i've already erased two possibilities <laughs> wow they'll take a look at me not yeah. that guy again they might they might remember you look in the file and say something like come up back to another project and say hey this guy's so. right I don't for think it. With know. a day's notice and some research, it, yeah. it, it would be a whole different scenario. Yeah. So typically, when you when you go on an audition for the first time, who you're in, who are you in front of? 
Um, are you in front of the casting director always? Or? Yes, you, you're in front of some part of the casting team, a casting associate, casting director. Typically, there's multiple people in the room, and there's also, if it's TV, there's typically somebody who's going to be reading the other role with you. Um, we do require our actors to go in off books, so everything does have to be memorized. Um, theater productions, depending on how much dialogue and how extensive the audition is, we like them to have at least a scene or two memorized. Um, it's more acceptable that they can go in with paper, but for TV, since they're filming, or in the case of a chemistry read or director session, they need to be looking at the either other actor who they're having dialogue with or a camera if and when they're you say doing a monologue. A chemistry read, you mean how, how well they may relate to that other Correct, actor? correct. And that's usually done after a first audition. So a first audition, you'll go in, you'll your dialogue will be with a casting director who's reading the other role or a casting associate mm-hmm. or possibly intern, but there will be other people in the room and that's usually taped for the director. But then when a couple days later you're called in for a director session or sometimes a chemistry read, they've narrowed down, especially if it's a husband and wife or a role of, not a real husband and wife, but somebody you're matching to be matched up with, that there is chemistry there, that it is going to be realistic for that dynamic of whoever you're working with. I understand now why I'm having difficulty with the show. Howard never went through a chemistry read with me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think you have perfect chemistry. <laughs> we just, had to reevaluate this. Just 35 years of right. hour and a half long telephone calls that used yeah. to drive our wives crazy, yeah. especially back in the days of house phones, when the phone would ring and... His wife Janice would know it was me, and she. Oh. Yeah. Here we yeah, go Yeah, thank again. goodness for cell phones. You yes. know, this whole show, Deborah, is like a phone call yeah. that we would have, and we just put you on for the conference call, <laughs> <laughs> right? So I hope it feels that way. It does. Uh, yeah, I mean, but this is the kind of stuff we have talked about in the past, where uh, we know that we, because Howard and I both have had opportunities to do all sorts of performing on TV aside mm-hmm. from the uh, the roles that we had within a newscast. So that's why it, it seems like it could be a pretty logical extension, at least in, in my mind. It makes sense that well, you would you, do that. Yeah, you had a Sunday morning talk show for a while. What was it called? Sundays with Steve. Sundays with Steve. I love. I like. I like the name. Wow. And, and then, then we Monday were, rolled around, and it didn't have it anymore. And then we were thrown into situations to where we hosted shows like yeah. Michael Jordan was on our Sports Extra show, so it was Michael and I. I was on the Mike Ditka show, so we were in. A, you're yeah. right. We were in a lot of places outside of 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 a newscast, which prepares you and and i think we both started in radio which prepares you to be able to think yeah. on your feet a little bit speaking of um thinking on your feet when you send somebody down for an audition you want them to memorize the line or the lines correct do you stick do they want you to stick right to to the word on those lines it doesn't, or is there any room in there to to 
improvise or play off what the person says. There's room. And um, you want to know the lines. And if you forget a word, forget a line, you just continue. It's not that sticky. They can also um, ask you to re retape or re um, you know reread your lines. The the main point of it is to become that character. So if you're saying something wrong, but it's it has the gist of what it is, that's more important. If if somebody can envision you as that good guy or bad guy or doctor or dad or fireman, that's more important than skipping a word. So you, uh, I mean, obviously they're they're trying to cast a character. Uh, you might be playing a, a a police chief or a, or a prosecutor or, or something like that. Uh, so you need to become that and not just play yourself saying the line, saying the line as you would say it. Correct. You have to become, so they give you a description of what kind of a personality that this person has? Typically a detailed description. They do. They do. So they'll give you, um, in some situations, three, four sentences on what that character is. Is it a good character? Is it a rich character, a poor character? a sarcastic character, a friendly character, and that is also the actor's um, responsibility to become that character. And they're not necessarily anything like the the actor themselves. Yeah. So it's a matter of them transforming and getting that other person in their head, Right. the character they're playing. One thing I, did, that I think is comforting is to know that you've got an acting coach Oh, we have actually, if I can just do a quick shout out, it's her birthday today. Um, amazing Amy. And it's, uh, she's an old Hollywood girl. Her uncle was the executive producer of Rocky. She resides in LA. She will come in to Chicago to, uh, do demo reels and train actors. However, we have actors who will also go out and work with her in LA. She has an acting, um, she's actually a booking coach. She's not really an acting coach. And she has her own technique. It's called the Linden uh, Technique. And it's very specific. I think it's 15 bullet points. She has a book out. And she's tough. She's She will get in your head and she will, that actor will not forget her. She, nice. will, she will throw pencils at them. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. That's good. Amazing Amy. Amazing we'll, Amy. We'll give her a shout out also. She's, Happy birthday to Amazing Amy. Thank you. Yeah, she's, she's, she is very, very, very special and very helpful to our town. Now, so that, she, would, that would make me feel better knowing that you had somebody in your corner like that. And sure. she does Skype training. So, you know, for folks who can't fly out or they just want to prep before an audition, she'll Skype and train uh, with them as well. And uh, we have we have others. We have at, more traditional acting coaches that will work with our talent. Um, being she's a booking coach, it's a little bit different and a little more aggressive. So what she works on, she's really no nonsense in a loving way, um, but she, she gets the job done. She will make you become that character, and if not, she will keep it going until you do become that character. Well, I think 
perspective is important because at that point, you know, you have to realize that she's rooting for you. She's on your side. She's your teammate. So she might be tough on you, but she's trying to bring out the best in you. She's like a proud mama. She wants every person she works with to book that job. And she really puts her heart and soul into it. All right, we're going to take a break right now. This is back to you with Steve Baskerville and, and Howard Sudbury. <laughs> Notice I reversed the billing for you I that time. It. Yeah, you learned And it. I'm going to come back to the line where, uh, about Chunky. Uh, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to let that go. And our guest is Deborah Pappas, who is a casting uh, salient, casting talent, director. Talent, talent agent. Talent agent. Yep. Here in Chicago with the many productions that are going on, and I think uh, not just in Chicago, she's not limited to that, but she could book people anywhere. And we're going to take a break right now. On Back to You, we will be right back. This is Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. I was at the temple on Monday. I was walking into the temple, and I held the door open for a pretty attractive older woman. I'd say she was like in her early 70s maybe. And she goes, well, thank you. Are you here for the seniors event? Oh, ouch. Oh, let the record show she was kind of hot in a 70-year-old kind of way. So I'm like, are you listening to what you're saying right now? (laughs) Minutia Men with Rick and Dave, the Tony Lasano podcast, and Opie Production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. What would that be, a GMIF? Uh, Oh, my God. Oh, my Um, God. Stop. Great talk radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. An evening with Rich Coase, celebrating 40 years as Spenguli here at the Museum of Broadcast Communications on October 26th. For more details, visit museum.tv. This week on And Friends, we talk about history that happens, and we, you know, go forward back next week's history today. And Friends at Opi Show on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Great talk radio isn't dead, it just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. And we're back. This is Back to You with Howard Sudbury and Steve Baskerville. We are visiting with Deborah Pappas. Steve, you had a question on the tip of your tongue? No, I, you know, I just was wondering how soon you can get out there to see Amazing Amy. Amazing Not that you Amy. need that, necessarily. but uh, Everybody you know, a, can use it. A part of this, uh, of this whole thing that we're talking about is have, you have to be tough-skinned, too, right? Yes. Because you will be rejected Correct. from time to time. I, I wouldn't call it rejected. It's just, I mean, in essence, yes, it's not that somebody tells you, no, we can't use you. It just won't become a booking. See how I immediately took it to rejection. Well, <laughs> I, 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 do, I do understand that, yeah. and I do know that some actors are more sensitive and it does wear on them um, when they're not booking something. But there's typically very good reasons and it's not typically the actor. It could be that the role was changed to a different age group. It, It could go from a female to a male all of a sudden. It could be a different ethnic group all of a sudden that's changed. The role could get cut. There's many variables. It doesn't mean that somebody isn't good. The other thing that we see happen is if we send somebody in for a role that both we and the casting director agree on, they give them a call time, which, by the way, is a golden ticket. You can't dismiss an audition. It is a golden ticket. Now, it's, when you say you can't, mm-hmm. uh, what, it, what do you mean? Well, you uh, you shouldn't okay. dismiss an audition because it's it's not... Every time that an agent submits somebody, they will get a call time for that person. It has to be, 
in agreement um, as well with the casting director to offer that call time. So it's it's that in itself is pretty special to and, get that call time. And you may very well run into these same people again for something totally different, right? Absolutely. And what I was uh, thinking to say is that if somebody goes in for a role that the casting director feels they could handle more or they can't handle quite as much, they often, if they like them and feel that they're, they're, they could be worked into that episode or a future episode, they know them and at that point they'll bring them back in sometimes as a CD select. So I had a recent situation with a um, 16-year-old boy, very, very good theater actor, um, not a tough kid, and I did not submit him for a particular role that was for a juvenile delinquent, uh, I think it was Chicago PD, and it was a tough kid, and I didn't see him that way. But the casting director had met him and thought, yeah, he mm. could play that. It, even though physically he doesn't look like that, he could play a tough kid and ended up booking, booking him for it. Now, even though the Chicago film industry is, is booming right now, there are a lot of productions going on here. Do you find, is the casting world kind of a small world? It to is where a you small, do run into the same people over yeah. and over and get to know them. Yes, yes. And there's in Chicago, there's uh, casting directors that there's a couple of, well, three of them primarily that work on TV at, for principal roles, guest star, co-star, cast member roles. Um, there are there's a union commercial agent that works on a lot of union commercials. There's another um, well-established casting director that works on a lot of non-union commercials, and they're all very busy. So you do end up, um, actors will end up getting to know those casting people because they'll be going commonly to those offices. And your environment changes from where you may have this audition. I mentioned the hotel to you on a couple occasions. When I went to that... Uh, Ron Howard thing, it was off of like uh, uh, Illinois and Wells. It was a, uh, like a condo. How many where, years ago was that? Like about seven years ago okay. or something like that. Okay. Eight years ago. Are they typically held in the same place? They're typically at the casting offices. Oh, they are. It is unusual that it would be at a hotel. If it's right. a remote casting, I just worked on a commercial for Charles Schwab, and the casting director was out of um, New York, mm -hmm. and they were booking talent in Chicago. So they we just did a submission, and they booked talent that we made recommendations on. So the, those actors did not have to audition. If, if there were lines involved, uh, most likely out of state, they would do a Skype audition rather than have somebody come in to temporary space. But on occasion, there are auditions held at the SAG office or, um, okay. you know, for theater, maybe at, a, at a, the Hubbard Street dance studios or, you know, somewhere sure. like that. And when they come in from out of town like that, mm -hmm. are you uh, one of a few 
talent agents that are called upon to help them out? In some cases, we're the only, and in most cases, we are one of many. So and, they want to they really search and okay. see who is out there for different roles. So they will put the breakdowns out to several uh, agencies for the most part. So if I want Scruffy Howard over here with his beard <laughs> to be in my drama uh -huh. that's going to be, uh, we're going to start shooting a week from now, mm -hmm. I may have 12 Scruffy guys show up, right? Absolutely. You Well, what would happen is you would decide what agencies you want to put your breakdown to mm -hmm. and work with, and those agents will submit talent to you. And then from there, you'll pick however many you you think might fit based on their look or resume or depends on the criteria um and that's who you'll end up seeing no Some, well they actually send you a, a script and say yes. have your guy look at this oh absolutely yeah we are given all of that information we have to prep the talent mm -hmm. so they go in and they are well prepared and they're off book so when you are uh, preparing somebody to to go. Well, let, let me back up for a second. I want to ask you, uh, I think this would be good advice for anybody in any business. Uh, what have been your keys to success as you started working with your husband, who is a commercial photographer, and you built this business? What have been your keys to success? Because I think that that, that transfers across, you know, people doing anything. Hard work. I love yeah. our talent. Passion. Um, passion. Um, I, I do feel that working on the other end where I was in charge of actually booking talent for ads he was shooting and I had to fit in to what the client was looking for um, was a huge help in knowing what talent uh, were extremely selective. A potential model or actor is required to meet with us for a look-see. I will not represent anybody that I haven't met personally. We need to know that they are on time, reliable. Um, we determine their marketability. Some may fit into print, some commercials, some TV, film, theater, dancers. Um, we just need to know more about the person. and. Are you know? Are we confident that they are going to show up for their audition? Now, are most people looking for this to be a newfound career, or do they have jobs doing something else and most, still come to you? Our LA talent are career oriented. Mm -hmm. uh, some of them still have side hustles where they'll walk dogs or bartend at night or do something to supplement but they want to be very available for auditions during the day. Um, local talent, Midwest talent, unless they're a cast member for something, it's very rare that they just will sit by the phone waiting for auditions. Chicago is not a market that um, we see somebody audition has auditions every day. I have one person auditioning for he has two auditions today for Chicago PD. They're two different roles. Um, but that doesn't mean he'll have an audition tomorrow or another day this week either. He may, but it wouldn't be the norm that it's every day. Now, he auditions today for yep. these two roles. Yep. Uh, how much of his time will that, will that be like four or five hours of 
One audition is at 3, the other's 4.45-ish, so they are pretty close back-to-back, but that doesn't mean that always happens that way. If they're casting for one episode in the morning, they might have, the talent might have a morning time, and then they're auditioning later in the day for a different episode, so we don't always have completely way. We're assigned times for our actors. We can ask if somebody needs to adjust that and hopefully um, there's an availability but if there's not then they will either have to make that time or lose that spot. Now who finds out first whether he's made it? Who here? Does he hear? No. Do they call you? No, they will call us. They will. Yeah, everything will go through the agency until a booking sheet is done. Um, when actors are put on check avail or on hold for something, uh, the agency knows to, and they are the ones to tell the actor. The actor's information is not released to a casting director until there is a booking. So how, how long might he have to wait? Usually we'll know when the shoot date is. So if there's a shoot date next week, it it has happened that it's the day before, but rare. Usually they want to lock in the talent and get production and their fittings taken care of. And um, Is it conceivable he could find out tonight? Um, for the the for, person for going he's auditioning for today, he would find out if he potentially tonight for the director session. Okay. In this situation, there will be a director session or a callback. Yeah, what I say, he could find out. I mean, you could find. We out. would find out and let him know. He wouldn't be contacted directly. Right, but you could have that as early yeah. as tonight. Yeah, we Man, could. Man, you know how how jittery and anxious I'd be all day long <laughs> yes. and then I'd be well, jumpy the next day you know in the rare case that a director uh, knows me and has called me directly yes. you know and says I want you for this I, I just immediately tell him or her uh, you gotta call my people well tell them not to call me after midnight <laughs> and find out no it all goes through it all goes through Deborah. and we were making the reference there of he finding out and uh, it could be he or she because there are many actresses. And this this podcast, Deb, became, it was back to you with uh, Howard Sudbury, Steve Baskerville, and Alyssa Ali, somebody else that, 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 that you know. And Alyssa, um, she had a second child, and she's... She's kind of tied up, so she had to drop this. She'll be back at some point, but um, I miss she, Alyssa. I oh, mean, yes, we well, started the whole thing with Alyssa. I see her. I work with her at, at Arlington International Racecourse, so we're in contact. We've we've been friends for years, but uh, Alyssa and her son are both in this world, and they're very talented people. And they work with Deborah, and they they're. They're having a blast, and they're off to a great start, aren't they? They are off to an amazing start, and we've known Alyssa for quite a while. George had done her professional headshots years ago, and she decided um, when she had her first child, who's three now, to um, kind of throw her hat in the ring. He has a wonderful personality. He's adorable. And she is gorgeous and has a wonderful personality and a lot of talent. Um, 
she came in we we got her set up represented and she's they've done very well tomorrow they're shooting actually a commercial for Illinois Lottery together and um, with kids it's it's like a sport or an activity if your child has the right personality willingness or interest try it it's something that they like just like if you would let them try soccer or baseball or hockey um, parents tell us that it's a great way to tuck money away for college unlike other sports at a young age this activity allows them to earn money for their bookings this is an, also an industry that can help build confidence especially uh -huh, sure. for a child um, they get to you know see themselves on camera and an ad he's a little bit on the young side he's just having fun um, but he booked um, more than I think two or three episodes for Chicago Med so he'll be his episodes will be coming up here in a week or so and I believe they'll be consecutive episodes so He's, uh, he's a special little boy. I have a six-year-old who's a series regular on a TV show, um, works on every episode. She's from Las Vegas. They filmed this whole last season in uh, Wisconsin, so they flew her and her mom back and forth every single week and had a tutor on set, and, it, you know, it's, yeah. It, yeah, can, it can be a lot of fun for the right you know right personality and even some kids who are really 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 cute cooperative but super shy they might be great for print work they just might not be able to go with a pretend mom or dad and and do something on camera whether it be a commercial or tv but they could they could do retail possibly yeah i know Alyssa's little guy really well and and they have he's he's my little buddy uh my nickname is bobo he calls me bobo that's a long story but but he he has got a cool personality and he is he is mellow but i mean on the on the filming of chicago med when he was down there they took care of him and they take care of these kids like their own kids uh, she was telling me about that like there was a there was a, see he was getting a little tired and he said uh he said no no more and the director said fine fine gavin go go lay down and uh he went in laid down took a nap and came out and 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 went again so they really take they really take good care of the kids, but he's got a special personality to where he, he's enjoying it. Now, see, I know what would happen to me. Oh, Bobo over here <laughs> would get a role in something. and uh, He'd need a break? No, 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 no. No. They would, they would call me, and they'd say, we need some folks to sit in the chairs behind Bobo during a scene. <laughs> now, uh, extras work a whole different way, don't they? They do, and we don't typically work with extras. There's an extra um, casting company in Chicago, and that's really what they specialize in. Um, the problem we have with working with um, allowing our talent to do any extra work there's rules set up that if a talent on one of the TV shows works as an extra, they're, they're taken out of the mix as a guest, uh, guest star, co-star, or cast member for two seasons. So it's a little bit wow. of a dilemma. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it is. And it's not really 
I mean, you're, you're talking about pay potential. It's totally different. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Regular SAG rates, you're looking about $1,000 a day for a guest star, co-star, even if it's one line um, or cast member are many lines and more involved. But um, for extra work, it could be $100. It could be $150 for a 12-hour day. Now, if you, uh, the folks listening to us right now, and they, there's some, at least somebody out there saying, you know, I'd like to try this. I mean, what advice do you give anyone who thinks that they may have the potential or the talent or maybe have have had a history of performing and want to carry it through to this level? What do you do? Contact me or another agency and go in for a look-see. And talk to them and meet them. And it's a little 15, 20-minute interview. They're going to know. They're going to know if, you know, that particular person fits into their agency or refer them to a different agency or, you know, give them at least some guidance as to what they, what they you know, might be interested in or what kind of it, – it does depend to – on the particular agency, who their client is. Are they working with casting directors? Are they working with companies directly, such as Kohl's or Sears or Kmart, if they're more of a modeling um, agency? We do both. We have different divisions. We have a, um, a division where we have um, certain unique talent that may have a disability although we don't like to use that word disability, more of a ability, mm -hmm. a different mm -hmm. ability. Yes. Um, in fact, I have a girl, this was back just a, a little bit ago in our conversation where how quickly people get booked and what happens. She um, had done a job, I, we had booked her for a commercial last week. The client wanted to use her this week for an extension of that commercial and last night we got a call to see what her availability is. They were shooting in L.A. this week. So they quickly asked us for her booking sheet information. Uh, they did a deal memo on her with the rate. She agreed, and they flew her out this morning. She's on her way to L.A. to book. Uh, she booked for the rest of the week, and they'll fly her back on Saturday. Terrific. So, and she, uh, she's amazing. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Well, before we let you go, why don't you tell us how people could get a hold of you? Call the agency or email. The email address would be agent at bravotalentmanagement.com okay. or simply call 847-428-4401. All right. So, so Bobo over here is looking <laughs> scruffy right now. That's yep. one <laughs> Presentation. That's one, That's yep. one look. You'll yep. have a what? You'll have a suit and a tie on, maybe in another Probably. look. Probably. Yeah. Whatever they say. Yeah. So yeah. You, we'll see you in, in very different looks. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And, but I do want to revisit before we run the chunky thing. Ah. Now, <laughs> chunky she, is in right she now. She never by said the way. anything about. Uh, you know, I'm hey, trying I like, to. I like you because I'm you know, trying to put together your, your sheet right now. A chunky look, and I, uh, I'm, I'm going to say the same as I did. I'm going to write that down. I'm going to say looks ago. a little bit like Hunts Hall from the Bowery Boys. <laughs> That's another good look that you've got going. You know what else that is? Yeah, what? That really dates you. 
Because ain't, ain't nobody you can Samuel see the, in there is looking at Jesus. I bet like you a Samuel, Bowery boys. Samuel, you know who the Bowery boys were, don't you? Uh, enlighten me. <laughs> enlighten me. No, that's they had, you know, they were like New York tough I'm, kids. Yeah. With, uh, I don't know who the Bowery Boys were. No, they were like a street gang in New York, and they, they had a series of movies good, about it. Good. Well, maybe you can tell me old And they get in trouble. They get a, I know the role for him. They'd get The Bowery Boys would get in trouble, and they'd have to go see the priest in the neighborhood. Oh, and yeah. And it would always be, oh, father, I didn't do nothing, father. Come on, father. <laughs> he would be the perfect. He would be a great priest. Wouldn't he? Yes, he there, would. Look, see, I'm helping you already, <laughs> okay. and you're making fun great. of what I'm great. doing. Well, I, uh, I know what the Bowery is in New York. Yeah. In the neighborhood, but one of these days we'll do an episode of um, Steve tells old stories and enlightens the younger <laughs> Howard. That's what we'll do. I think everybody likes to be connected with uh, things that are past because they'll learn something from it as well, right? Yes. You could probably Absolutely. look at old performances and I see agree. some dynamite oh, uh, acting going absolutely. on. And one of the, also, not only with with um, working with somebody prior to an audition, at least your first few in the case of somebody starting out, is to watch the show you're auditioning for, mm-hmm. or do watch the commercials from, say, McDonald's if you're auditioning for McDonald's sure. to get a flavor of what what those what they have them dress like yeah. and what their maybe company colors are that they typically will put their actors in. Sure. Well, look, Howard, that's your first assignment. When you leave here today, go look up some old Bowery uh, Boys films and look up Hunt's Hall. Because that will be your character. Hunt's Hall. I I may do that. I'm going to Google that image. Okay. um, I don't have to Google. I look at you and I can see. (laughs) (laughs) As soon as we get done. Deborah Pappas, thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming down here. We're at the broadcast. uh, We're at the uh, Museum of Broadcast Communications. And we thank them always for letting us um, do our podcast from in here, podcasting from this beautiful studio. And we thank you for coming downtown. You did a wonderful job. Did you have fun? I, I had a great time. I Good. hope you did. Good. Yeah, we all right. Very well, enlightening. We're very, uh, very uh, thankful that you came down, and we will talk to you soon. Thanks so much. All Thanks right. again. Thank you. We'll be right back on Back to You. Podcasting from Chicago, an Opie production for the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is Lasano and Friends. Lasano and Friends is back, and we have an exciting new show, a new episode. We have guests, we have comedians, and we have our regular staff. That's Hi. us. Hi. Hello. Yeah. And if you want more of that, check out Lasano and Friends right here on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Great talk radio isn't dead, it just moved to a better place radiomisfits.com dot com <laughs> well steve that was fun and i i found it really interesting because because i think that a lot of people aren't aware that there is so much production going on in chicago that you know the three chicago shows produced by dick wolf the executive producer chicago fire pd and med um you know, they're set here, but they might not realize that they're shot here in Chicago and so many feature films. And there are people like Deborah that book the talent uh, that, that fill out these shows. The thing about it, too, is that, you know, everybody, not everybody, but a lot of folks think that it's way beyond their reach to be a part of that world, that uh, you got to have some special connection in some distant place uh, that gets you your foot in the door. And here's a, a woman who's got a thriving business, uh, casting folks for these shows that 
folks like to watch, and it is within reach. And it, I'm not saying it's easier than you would think, but it's more possible than you would think. She talked about an acting coach well, as sure. part of the process and helping you along the way. And there are a lot of things that make you think, hey, you know, if, I, if I'm talented enough, I should give it a go. Well, I think you, you have a, a range of people. You have people that, that uh, I mentioned delusional that think they're going to become George Clooney. And then you have people that maybe don't think they can do it, but they have something inside of them that, that, that a coach can pull out. And they might not realize that they had that talent. Well, part of it is having the right name, too. And I think we discovered it today. Uh, I think you should bill yourself as Bobo Sudbury. <laughs> because that's, that's got a ring that, that's easy for everybody to remember. <laughs> I, I think that's kind of um, cool. Uh, you, could, you could get any kind of role from serious to comedic. I don't know how that uh, with uh, Alyssa's little boy how long that name is going to stick, but I think it's going to be forever. I love it. It's going to stick with me forever now that I've heard it. Yeah, and I'm going to be mad about Chunky for a long time, too. Well, look, here's the thing that's exciting. We learned today that uh, you are sticking your toe in that water. You are prepping. You are getting some uh, prints made. You are uh, taking uh, the leap in that direction. I am going direction, for it. You? Hey, if you like Back to You with... Stephen Howard, then be sure to check out some of the other programs on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network, like Lasano and Friends. Join Tony Lasano and his funny friends. One of them is Samuel, right? Right. Samuel Greenberg and uh, funny friends for a casual comedic conversation about everything. Great talk radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. Steve. Yes. I think we're I'm about done. I was hoping you were done. <laughs> <laughs> You're always today, hoping that today. Well, we're done talking. I like it when you go off into uh, soliloquies. Yes. You actor, you. I like to do that. All right. We, thanks, we thank our guest, uh, Deborah Pappas, who was, uh, Marvelous. who was gracious to come down here into yeah. the city with us at the Museum of Broadcast Communications. And Steve, that's it. As they say in that world of show business... That's a wrap. The proceeding was a presentation of Opie Productions. Find our other great shows wherever you find podcasts, including opishows.com. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Opie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? If you're a fan of the English Premier League, you'll want to check out Free Kicks with Adam and Rick. As you can hear by his accent, Adam is from England originally. Chelsea fan, if you must know. And he's also an expert in soccer tactics and methods. He's the director of coaching for the Illinois Youth Soccer Association. So obviously, he has some incredible insights into the game. Tune in every week. We're on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. A Tony Lasano podcast, an Opie show. And because it's soccer, we never use our hands. Radio Misfits. Is this over? Yes.